What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. If you're ready to unleash your marketing potential and crush your small business goals, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Miranda Rodriguez. Over the past four and a half years, I've helped hundreds of small business owners achieve big dreams with small strategic marketing steps. When I say big dreams, I'm talking quitting that part-time job, five times in your income, or opening your first brick and mortar. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to market your business with laugh out loud personal stories, real life client examples, and the occasional F-bomb. Because let's be honest, Marketing your small business is so much more than just a marketing problem. Grab your earbuds and let me show you how marketing your business can be simple, doable, and fun. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Marketing for the Uninhibited podcast. We are here. (laughs) We made it. Oh, my goodness. I don't know about you, but the past few weeks have just been such a wild roller coaster ride. Um, So, I am in the room that was my office slash guest room. And then we moved everything out. Uh, We kept the guest bed for now, but, and um, we'll be turning this into the nursery. And I moved my office downstairs and I knew I'm like, this is going to work out great until rebel is homesick from school, which rarely happens. Knock on wood. And then This week, she was home three days in a row. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I had to make a makeshift office. We still have a a love seat up here for now upstairs (laughs) using, like, little TV trays and end tables. And, you know, so I'm just – I feel like I'm getting – in preparation for this baby's arrival in February, all of the lessons and flexibility – well, as many as I can before a newborn comes in and just – (laughs) you know, shakes up everything. But, um, yeah. And we, we've been dealing with plumbing issues, one thing after another and so many things. So wherever you are, wherever this podcast finds you, I, I want you to just take a moment and just drop in, let go of my mother-in-law and I were just talking and she used, um, this visual, this like Put up a wall of serenity, whatever that even means to you. It's just like a nice visual or an energetic bubble. I want you to just like for a second, just like clear the air. You don't need to light sage. You can if you want, but you can just kind of shake it out. I had Rebel do that the other day. She was really getting worked up about something. And I'm like, okay, just shake your hands. Get, let's move that energy around, you know, um, and then come back and join me. And so I'm going to release two episodes. I know it's late this week. Um, they're both going to be, I'm going to try to keep them short, but they're both messages that I think everyone needs to hear. And so to start today, and this is totally coming from experience, I just want to share with you that it's okay to want whatever you want, whatever you want. And this can apply to your business, to your life, to your relationships, to your the way you dress, the car you drive, the future, the vision that you hold for your future, any of those things. Like it is okay to want whatever you want in this life. No one is allowed to tell you different. And I know I'm not alone when I speak to the fact that many of us were raised by a generation that was raised by a generation that survived the the depression 
in World War II. And I think so many of those ways of living have been passed down generation to generation as they are. And, and sometimes can be very limiting. Like they're not always serving us anymore, right? Maybe in certain times or certain seasons, yes. Um, and I'm not saying there's not any value to any lessons there. Of course, um, there are so many lessons to be learned from the generations before us. But you get to choose what lessons you carry with you. And you get to choose how you define yourself right now in this version of life, in this season of life, in this stage of business, in this stage of motherhood, whatever, you know, big things you're going through at this moment. So as you all know, I'm pregnant and I've been working on my baby registry. (laughs) And of all the things that I thought this will be fun, people, you know, this will be like a fun thing you can talk about because people are always so willing to share unsolicited advice that if you're asking them, you know, like, do you have any suggestions for first time mom for what they should have? Um, I thought like, you know, that might be a good conversation. Now I do have a pretty close circle of friends that have recently had children like within the past two years. And so they are really, truly like my, my market research circle. They are my peer research group. I go to them and they tell me, their must-haves, and then I cross-check it, you know, between the group and then my own research, light, light, light research, and then I decide would, decided whether or not to put it on the registry. What I didn't anticipate <laughs> was sharing the registry with people who asked to see it and then getting feedback about why or why not certain things should be on the registry. Um, I didn't anticipate a feeling of like my registry was being graded. Like, does it pass the check, you know? And I haven't had a wedding. You know, I'm, I'm 36 years old. I'm a first time mom. We have rebel, but like I have never in my life put together a shopping list of, of wish list items. And some are like must haves, right? But essentially a, a, ideal shopping list and like send it to friends and family to buy it for me. I've never, I've never done that. And that is really far outside of my comfort zone for someone who is so independent and self-sufficient. Like I get what I need. I always have. And in, that's not to say we haven't had support and help in so many ways, especially like moving into this house with so many household issues along the way. Um, and over the years, like I have a very supportive and loving and caring family and a big family at that. But you know what I mean? Like putting together a registry, whether it's for a baby shower or a wedding shower or your wedding or anything big like that is fun. I think it's so fun. And (laughs) for it to be met with criticism by some people, however mild, however small, the comments or whatever. I was like, I just didn't expect that. I didn't expect it. And I have a friend who recently had a kid and she has been my guidepost throughout this pregnancy. And she was like, do not listen to that. 
let people take care of you. People want to show up for you and this baby in this way. It's how people show support. It's how people show love, especially family members who can't be a part of the actual, you know, like baby shower day or the birth or the newborn phase or whatever, you know, like let people take care of you, let people show up for that. And so she just kept reminding me throughout this entire process, like, it's okay to want what you want. Like, if you want that, put it on the registry, regardless of what they say. And so I was thinking about this the other day. And I was thinking about how in business, we Oftentimes we start a business and we have this idea of what we want the business to be. And that's what motivates us. And that's what inspires us to take the big leaps of faith in the beginnings of business, like quitting the full-time jobs, signing the lease, you know, opening the doors, taking on the clients, raising the prices, starting the podcast, all of those big first time things. And then as you grow in business, sometimes you get what you want and you realize a couple things. One, that maybe what you want for business, what your version of success is, how you want your business life relationship to be is different than any example you've come across yet in your industry, among your entrepreneur friends, in the online space whatever the case may be. So one, maybe it's different. And then two, what I encounter a lot with my clients is they achieve that goal. They achieve that dream. They get to that place that seemed so far away at one point in time. And they arrive there and they take a look around and they realize nothing really has changed. It's not like achieving a goal it, it's great. It feels good. It validates all of your hard work and your sleepless nights and your long days and the literal sweat, blood, and tears that you pour, pour into growing a business, especially in the beginning phases. Um, but it doesn't actually change things. Like you look around and you're still in the same, for the most part, right? Like in the same place, you hang in with the same people. Um, I find that people, and we hear this a lot, like if you listen to enough coaching podcasts or self-help or whatever, people will remind you that when you arrive at that goal, it's not like your whole life is going to change. And it's okay if you arrive at that goal and you realize that just maintaining that or going through it or like living it, the reality of achieving that dream is so much harder than you thought it was going to be. I think there's this misconception in business that when you achieve another level of growth or success or comma in your bank account or number of clients or new product or service launch that it's going to get easier and things are going to be so much different and so much more enjoyable. But that is not the case. That is not the case. Now, I'm not saying that having more income or more consistent income can actually be helpful, right? Like making sure your, your needs are met and 
like not worrying about money or where money is coming from, I think is a huge stress relief, especially when you run your own business. Um, so there's that. But aside from that, I'm saying we, we put so much anticipation and pressure on achieving a certain goal because we think that when we achieve that goal, so much else is going to fall into place and it's going to be easier, that you're not going to still have insecure thoughts, that you're not going to still be afraid to do things, that, you still want, that you're not going to still have slow days or, or unmotivated days or uninspired days or creative ruts or downtimes. And as much as you show up and you do the work and you are consistent and you create your content and you market your business and you meet new people and you stay creative, you are still going to have slow seasons, unmotivated days, <laughs> uninspired times. It's just part of life. Nothing in life continuously goes up and up and up and up and up without ever coming down. That's how life, that's it. That's, that's the laws of physics. Like what goes up must come down. That's the way it goes. And so it's really about learning to navigate the downtimes as a season of life or business rather than finite. So many people get to a slow season and they think, well, this is it. Something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with the business. Should I get a job? Maybe, maybe if that would take the pressure off of what you're putting on your business right now, if that would alleviate some some pressure so you have some space for some creative freedom, maybe a job is the right answer. Or maybe it's just a small pivot, right? Of pivoting through the panic instead of letting the panic guide the decision-making, just saying, oh, okay, we're in the slow season. What do we need to do to change this up? And I'm going to talk about more of that in the second episode coming up here next. But um, I just wanted to say, like, if you're in a season of business where you're ready for a change and you're afraid to make that change because you think, well, what will people think? I worked so hard for this. It was the big dream. It was the big goal. And now I got it and I don't want it anymore. And that's okay. People change. Seasons of business change. Economies change. Climates change. Consumer behavior changes. And if you find yourself grappling with a should I, shouldn't I, should I stay now, should I go now type of situation when it comes to anything in your business, I would encourage you to just stop comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing. Stop shaming yourself for having gotten what you want and no longer wanting it. And then really rooting into what it is you want in this next season of life. And I was just talking with another client yesterday and we were talking about how, how hard it is for so many people, but especially women and especially moms, to clearly articulate what it is they want. And that's the first step is being able to identify what it is you want and then being able to embrace that and go for it without concern or care for what anyone else has to say. And this is where I find if you have a hard time 
figuring out what you want, or if you're in a season of should I, shouldn't I, it's time to get quiet. It's time to limit the outside noise, stop consuming so much, stop comparing so much, and figure out what you want next. And it doesn't always have to be like this clear vision of what you want next. Maybe it's just a feeling. Or maybe there's some little things you don't want. Like you don't want to have to commute to your shop every day. Or you don't want to have to force yourself to sit down and work for four hours a day. So I realized during the season of life, um, well, one, I took a lot of advice from people early on in my pregnancy and listened to a lot of people who were like, once the second trimester comes, you're going to feel great and you're going to feel creative and you're going to have your energy back. And then I literally threw up three times a day from weeks 17 to 21. And I was like, what? <laughs> what happened to that wonderful second trimester? You know? And so I had a really rude awakening during this pregnancy where I thought like, having this baby on the way would make me so excited and energetic and creative. And then I was just tired and I felt like shit. And the amount of time that I and energy I had to give to my business dwindled. And then we entered a very slow month of October when I started to feel better. And then I got to the point in pregnancy where we're, we're actually having to do things to, you know, prepare the home and prepare for the baby and we have the holidays around the corner. And so I just never got that moment of clarity that I was so hoping I would get during this pregnancy. And I think that's probably just first time mom naivete. Um, and also like probably watching too many like happy pregnant people on Instagram. But, you know, so things changed a lot for me in the past six or seven months in terms of how I approach my business, in terms of my own energetic output and flow, in terms of my schedule. So I, going into the second trimester, I knew movement was going to be huge for me. It was something I'd gotten away from in the first trimester because I really didn't feel well. And so I got a second trimester workout plan. It's called Birth Fit, if anyone's interested in that. And I loved it. And for 12 weeks, I only, I worked out five days a week and I only missed three days in 12 weeks. And I knew that that was going to be a priority for me every single day. So I moved my workouts up to the top of my day. As soon as Rebel and Marshall left the house for school, I went down to work out and I had a pretty tight timeline. So I knew I like, depending on what time I got into the basement, how quickly I got down there. I would have anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour to work out. And that time would have to be flexible depending on what meetings I had and you know how the morning had gone prior to that. And that was okay with me. It wasn't about necessarily the quality of the workout. It was just about every single day I'm committing to doing this workout plan for the next 12 weeks, regardless of how tired I am or how sick I am or how little I slept last night or how busy I am, I'm doing it. And I did. And I'm really proud to say that I did. But now I'm in a phase of still working out, but my work has to take priority for the next few months. And it's not that work, I wasn't working, right? It's just it wasn't the top of the schedule. And I realized then 
with the way our, we've had so much going on in our house right now too, with all of that going on too, that my work time was starting to dwindle. And so shifting into this almost third trimester, holiday selling season, the final three months that I will work before the baby comes, I have to shift the priorities. And I say this because it is so important to start your day by identifying identifying your like top one to three must get done today, not dumping an entire week's to-do list into your planner, but identifying like, these are the three things I have to do. I have to work out, I have to record the podcast, and I have to check in with my clients, or I have to meditate, I have to get ready for the market this weekend, and I have to write my email to my audience, right? So identifying every day, and it doesn't mean blocking out your calendar for hours of time. It doesn't mean necessarily sitting down at your desk to create or doing it in the studio. Sometimes you're going to have to write an email while you are getting your oil changed or while you are waiting to pick your kid up from school or an athletic event, right? Or you're going to have to talk out a podcast on your voice notes app when you're in the car running to and from. And so just really being flexible with the time that you have available, um, will help you in making sure that those priorities, how you're starting your day, the things you're getting done first thing, are taking precedent over any busy work. Because what I find is people who are unclear about what they want or the direction that they're heading in, at least in this season of business and life, will find ways to fill their time and busy themselves out of the work that actually moves the needle forward towards what you want. And then you land in this place of frustration and resentment and and confusion. How did I get here? How do I get out of this? And it starts with small, daily, routine habits. And really being realistic and honest with yourselves about the amount of time you have to spend on certain tasks And the amount of time certain things are going to take. I find we often (laughs) underestimate time, um, how long things are going to take. So timers will be a great resource during this time, setting timers for if you have an hour to knock out some podcasts, an hour. If you have 25 minutes, 25 minutes, uninterrupted creation time. Um, I told my client today she is learning to become a time management ninja because she is she sets her schedule the night before. So at the end of the day, before she goes to bed, in order to like clear her mind before bedtime, she just writes out, okay, tomorrow, these are the first three things. These are the priorities that I have to get done. And she writes must do, like these are the must do's for tomorrow. And then if I get those three things done and I have more time, these are the nice to do for tomorrow. And so I recommend doing this the night before, the morning of, some people do it on a weekly basis. Whatever your cadence is, getting in the habit of checking in with yourself before a work day and and figuring out, okay, what are the priorities? And you can also divide it like these are work priorities, these are family priorities. And I know it's hard sometimes. Um, <clears throat> I'll allow myself to get if I'm don't have anything that's deadline sensitive or like 
client meetings, I'll allow myself to get bogged down in busy work around the house. Like we currently have <laughs> three basket, large baskets of laundry that need to be folded and they've been there for like a week, you know, and so I could have taken this hour in between meetings to fold laundry, but instead I'm like, no, I, I have enough time to record two podcasts. I'm just going to get them done. And so you really, it's being diligent with yourself, especially if you work from home, respecting your own boundaries and really paying attention to those daily habits. And then reminding yourself because this is this is how you get what you want in order to change your environment to change your results you need to change your behaviors change starts with change if you want to create change you have to change it's all action and then the action builds and that's momentum and now before you know it you've achieved another goal or another dream another milestone and you get to decide if you're ready to stay there and hang out for a while or if you want to keep moving forward or if you want to make a lateral move right it's not always up sometimes you're moving over you're pivoting so i hope whoever needed to hear that message receives it let me know what you think about it as always Um, but just don't be afraid to go for what you want just because of what they might say, or because you feel guilty. Like, I've already had the thought, oh, well, geez, what if I do get the bouncer in the swing and then we don't use either of them because he doesn't like them? Like, okay, what, I pass it on to someone else? Like, you know, so don't guilt yourself. Don't shame yourself. Don't should yourself out of what you want. Just ground into what you want, and then you'll be able to decide once you get there if that's something you want forever or not, right? Like, do we want to keep doing this? You get to decide. Always, you get to decide. And you are in charge of making change if change is what you want right now, okay? All right, that's it for this episode. I'll be back with you soon. Hey, friends, thank you so much for listening to another episode. If you loved what you heard today, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your community on Instagram. Be sure to tag me at Marketing Uninhibited so I can share you with my community. And don't forget that you can achieve your big business dreams with small marketing steps. Talk to you next week.